Hello, welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts. It's the show about how everything is posting. My name is Hussein. My name is Phoebe. And it's just for lads on this one. Uh, we haven't done one of these for a little bit. Uh, I thought I, we, I, we have some... So we're going to do two little stories, but it's all going to be anchored around one post. And we haven't actually done a post chat for a while um, in terms of like a historic post or like a post that kind of... Back in the day, I used to call it like lives rent free in in our heads. I, I I don't know whether I would say that now, but I think a couple of episodes ago, you actually mentioned that we hadn't really talked about this uh, post, and so I thought it'd be a good one just to almost because we are coming up to the end of year, but also I feel like it's very relevant to a particular character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to introduce the character first, and uh, we'll get to the post in a second, and then we have a little, little like uh, teaser for potentially like a longer episode in in the third in the third section. So, uh, first of all, Phoebe, how are you doing? Um, yeah, I'm 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 okay. Ready for the year to be over. Yeah, it's 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 like hor- it's horrible. It's been really cold. Uh, now it's less cold, but it's still kind of groggy. It's just that period. It's just that time of the year. Uh, where you just where you just want want it all to end. I uh so so here is something that I was thinking about when I was looking up this character. So you mentioned a few episodes ago that there are different kinds of liars. There are fabulists, there are so one was fabulous. What can you can you go through your theory about liars before I introduce? Okay, so there are okay. So you have your uh your liar who is not necessarily a bad person, but is a but is a manipulative person, is is kind of just is a dysregulated person. So they 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 lie to get themselves out of tight spots. They lie to control other people. They're they're like they're reactive liars. Like you ask mm. a you ask one of these liars, um, like where they like where they were, and they will quite often and they'll quite often lie like lie about the answer. Like if they because there are different like there are different grades of this type. There are people who will lie to get themselves out of a tough spot because they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want people to be mad at them. There are there are people in this type of liar that we call we can call them type A. Liar type A. Okay. Who will lie about literally everything and you can see them when they answer a question considering whether or not to lie. And they're and they're they're fun. I used to I used to know somebody who who would lie just just for the set just for the sake of lying, but about stuff that literally just didn't matter. They'd lie about what they'd have for breakfast, and they're very and I I find these people very difficult to to deal with. I don't like being lied to. I know no one likes being lied to, but it it's just it's just it's just not it's just not ideal, is it? So that's so that's li- so that's liar type A. Then you've got your disturbed liar who lies for who lies for attention who lies to center themselves uh who lies uh for clout or or whatever adjacent adjacent kind of social benefit so that's your liar type b then you've got your liar type c who is your fabulous your classroom liar your uh your Jay from the Inbetweeners, your um my dad works for Nintendo. And mm. type A and B liars are tend to be very difficult to to deal with. Type C liars I think are fine. I love a type C liar. I think <laughs> like they don't they don't they don't they don't bother me at all because they're they are they are modern bards. They're storytellers. They're not they're they're not they're not they're not hurting anyone. Um, mm. There do there do seem to be an awful lot of overrepresentation in the 
in the online influencer community of the type B liar. That seems to be a kind of that seems to be like a known thing. Like people mm. who people who lie sort of just for the sake of it, but also people who lie about having illnesses. There was a Australian Australian health YouTuber, I think, who claimed to have had who claimed to have had a brain tumor and claimed to have been able to heal it with diet. But then the actual story was like even more complicated than that in that they had they had been told that Mm. they had a brain tumor by a doctor who was like a doctor with like doctor first name Mm. so probably don't listen to somebody who goes around calling themselves their first name just with doctor on the front they tend not (laughs) they they tend not to uh not to not to be qualified medical practitioners there's a lot to say and to think about with your different types uh, your different types of liar, and I think your t- your type C, you w- you probably shouldn't you probably shouldn't marry a type C, but they're definitely they're definitely sort of sort of perfectly um, perfectly enjoyable company. Uh, but I suppose I suppose the point is is that any kind of any kind of co- any kind of content lends itself very well and is very attractive to people from the from the kind of the liars the liar's trifecta because it's really easy as well to uh, to just say that anyone who makes a kind of makes a point of trying to find out whether or not somebody who is creating content is lying um is is sort of is sort of being a bit odd themselves <laughs> because there are some things that i think it does matter for so for example the i think it does matter if there is a kind of health poster who is claiming that they can that they can cure serious illnesses with their diet and somebody listens to them and tries to do the same and, and dies. I think that's, that's, mm. that's like a, you know, call, call me a liberal if you must, but I think that's pretty bad. That's a pretty <laughs> bad thing uh, uh, to, do, to do that. But if you sort of spend your time sort of really, really fixated on wondering whether or not a YouTuber is sort of telling the truth about their, about their life, then it, I think that's probably a, a sign about what is necessarily like that good for you to be consuming just in general. I mean, like maybe, like maybe that's unfair. Maybe people have a right to be told the truth by the people whose content they consume. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? What's the answer? So I don't know if I have an answer to your question, but maybe in this character we can sort of die. Like we can sort of like go into the the liars framework as told by Phoebe Roy, because um, I want to introduce uh, George Santos. Um, George Santos, uh, former, I think he was uh, he he was expelled from Congress by both parties. Uh, I don't know if it's unprecedented or whether this is just like it just very rarely happens. Bearing in mind that this is the U.S. Congress, and like I I, I don't call me a liberal, but I do. I, I I would probably go as far to say that like there's a there's a fair few liars, like quite overt liars in the in the U.S. Congress. Um, which is to say that George Santos's career in politics may have probably had less to do with the lying more than. I, I I don't know whether he lied too much or whether those lies were sort of in contradiction to each other. Um. I, uh, I I'm reading a New York Times a New York Magazine article which lists is a very very long article of all the lies that he uh, that he told. Um, and I'll go through some of them. Uh, so apparently he lied to donors and used their money to purchase uh, to make purchases purchases at Hermes and OnlyFans. 
Um, okay, I think we the, should go through each of them and then decide whether or not they're bad. Okay, all right. So number one, he allegedly lied to donors and then used their money to make purchases uh, at Hermes and OnlyFans. He's a Republican, so he lied to. Re- so he stole the money off Republican donors. Yes, I think that's an edge case. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, like why? Yeah. Like why are you in twenty twenty three donating? the republicans why are you doing that mm, yeah why well, why are you listeners of this show donating you, money? <laughs> listeners of this show because like, i because i assume that there's a fair there's a fair crossover yeah between, okay, our, ne- listen, between our listeners and people who that's would right. give actual money to the republicans but no actually you know what i think that i think that's i think i think that i think that's i think that's fine um okay. tre- next slide treat yourself king Next lie. He used campaign money for personal travel and Botox. Personal travel and Botox? Were the two yes. connected? Um, it doesn't say, but of ho- of personal travel, it's hotels, Ubers, and meals, mm-hmm. and then lavish trips to Atlantic City and the Hamptons in order to get uh to, yeah, to get Botox. And that's campaign money. Um it doesn't say it was campaign money. It just says I, I presumably it is, because I guess if it's like in relation to congressional like if it's part of like his, his like congressional uh, judgments then yeah it would be yeah he so it says actually he used campaign money for personal travel and for botox can i just ask something really ignorant about how politics works in america uh i'll, I'll see if i can answer it campaign funds are raised by the staff of the congress person right so this is still this is still like this is still like donor money it's just going to be smaller amounts of donor money yeah yeah, as far as I'm aware, and it's like campaigns are sort of in in the states, and as far as I understand, they're sort of run as business. Like the campaigns are almost run as businesses in and of themselves. Yeah. So you sort of donate to a company that is a campaign, and uh, yeah, and then and that and that's how then that's how that donation money is then formed. Yeah, I know this because of that that terrible film with what's his name, the actor. He's got very close together eyes. Uh, he's like one of the big actors, but I now can't think of a single film that he is in. And his eyes are too close together. It's n- um, not too close together, just close together. I'm not making that right. judgment. Well, because the only film I'm I was not, thinking I'm not about, the, was, I'm not the eye yeah. cop. I. <laughs> the only film I was sort of thinking about, which touches on this, is um that Ryan Gosling film, uh, which was called The Ides of march i think and it's about like corruption and kind of political I'm campaigns definitely and... not thinking of that I, this, <laughs> right okay 100 percent not thinking about that it's a it's a rom-com and it is about a guy who meets his what well, who turns into his girlfriend while working on I think they might be working on the Clinton campaign in the nineties, and there's all I, these I scenes, no, and all these scenes in the campaign office. That sounds insane. This is driving. I don't gonna, know what the film is. is. Dro- it sounds. It, it sounds Ryan, insane. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan. Ryan okay, Reynolds. it was a Ryan. It was a it was Ryan. A all Ryan, right. Okay. And it's like this. This film, <laughs> which I'm now wondering <laughs> if I've hallucinated, is like is a long version of How I Met Your Mother. It's about Ryan Reynolds who is <laughs> getting a divorce. And he is explain, and he is describing his sex life is the only way to just is the only way really to to put it to his nine year old nine ten year old daughter, and she has to work out who of the people that he's talking about is her mum, who he is in the process of dissolving the relationship with. 
And then while he's talking, she says, oh, so mum was never the love of your life. The love of your life was the woman that you worked with on the Clinton campaign. Mm. Why do I remember this film so vividly, but I don't remember what, <laughs> I don't remember what it's called? I, I have no idea what this is. I'm going to look it up once okay. we're done. Um, well, anyway, so look, in yeah. that, what they do is they like ring people up. This is this is in search party as well, where they like ring people up right. and like ask for, like kind of shake them down for shake them down for money. And I think that's campaign funds. And then I think donor mm. funds are like large amounts of money from like individual from like individual donors or like or from like corporations right. or, or or whatever. Because I know yeah. that um, I know that Bernie, when he was campaigning, had a rule that there could own, that that capped the amount that a single donor could give to the campaign. Yeah, because um, of like, well, because people buying political influence, which he thinks is a bad thing, which I suppose aligns with aligns with the rest of his <laughs> the rest of his thoughts. Um, so okay, so so, th- but this is still people who are being rung up and being asked to yeah. donate money to the campaign yeah. of, a, so of, of a Republican so, congressman. Yeah. So, so technically they're like, they're ordinary people. So it's what, so it is worse to steal their money than it is to steal the money off. I don't know, like the pillow guy. Yeah. As, as far as we're aware anyway, and there's like on the rap sheet, there's a lot of stuff where, so like one of, you know, he, he commits identity theft um, in terms of like basically getting money. So the way that the New York, New York magazine describes it is, um, Santos was accused of committing identity fraud and credit card theft. Um, the prosecutors say that he made unauthorized donations using campaign donors' credit card information and stole family members' identities. Um, was also accused of conspiring his campaign with his campaign accountant to submit fraudulent information about contributions to the Federal Election Commission. Yeah, that, um, see that fi- that feels pretty bad. I was, I think I was, yeah, I think I was on the on the fence about the about using the campaign money for for Botox and Ubers because that's kind of cunty, isn't it? Like, let's, let's be, let's be actually honest here <laughs> and admit that that is a little yeah. cunty. Um, so, but, so I will, I want like to get through like, there's a lot of finance stuff, which is kind of a little bit, it sort of goes into the same territory. Like I want to go to the weirder lies of George Santos. Um, I want to know, I want to know if he's is- got Botox in order to, in order to look spiffy before going to Atlantic City, I f- mm, that that, that feels question. that feels like a, like relevant information to me. Um, he lied about finding founding an animal charity. So Santos's campaign bio claimed that he ran a foundation called Friends of Pets United, saving two thousand five hundred dogs and cats between two thousand thirteen to eighteen. But there were no social media accounts for the organization, no IRS records, no evidence of the charity uh, being registered in New York or New Jersey, where Santos claimed to have operated. And this is an important fact because. One of his other lies was he allegedly swindled a disabled vet whose dog was dying. Um, Santos allegedly stole money from a disabled veteran who came to him uh, for help for for help to fund a life saving surgery for his dog, according to uh, the news news network Patch. In May 2016, Richard Osthoff was uh, who was living in Central New Jersey uh, learned that the, his pet would need three thousand dollars worth of surgery. Um, and uh, after Friends of Pet United put together a GoFundMe and got that money for the surgery, Santos then refused to give the money to Osthoff, whose dog died less than a year later. Um, another thing on dogs, he may have ripped off an Amish dog breeder with a bad check. So in 2017, checking uh, a checking account in Santos's name wrote nine cancelled checks to eight different accounts owned by dog breeders and in a memo section uh, called puppy, like Puppy and Puppies. 
uh, that November, he was charged in Pennsylvania with theft by deception uh, of the alleged crime. Santos claims that his checkbook was stolen uh, and the charge was expunged in November 2021 after an old friend helped him out. Uh, it is not clear whether Santos wrote bad checks. The report also reveals another angle of the US congressman's scams with, with his charity. Santos would hold adoption events for dogs, pawning animals for a fee for people who thought they were adopting an animal in need, not a puppy straight from a breeder. I've got some questions about... The guy doesn't like dogs. <laughs> about that. The guy really has an issue with dogs. Maybe, that, maybe that's why people are making such a fuss about it. Uh, Pet United is a very funny name for, for, a, pretend, <laughs> for a pretend animal charity. Just on its own, that is that's 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 pretty that's pretty funny. <laughs> the um the disabled veteran, obviously that's like that's sad and not ideal. Like his dog then died a year later. What yeah. kind of dog was it? Uh, well, it just says here about it was a mixed breed. I don't know what breed that what that means. That's one of those things where it's like, but what, but what is the what is the scam? here exactly because i it's, it's uh, not ideal to have well, a well, fake charity well, well, there's two, but... well, there's, well there's two scams like one scam i mean there's three one was that the charity legally doesn't exist or legally apparently never existed okay. the second was that there was a gofundme um and we've talked about this a bit in terms of fake gofundme funds so this was like a gofundme that was set up by a fake charity um raised money and then santos did not give it to the person whose dog like the gofundme was for um, and then the third element of it is that this is also a charity or he was writing checks that would bounce. So basically like fake checks um, and also running an illegal auctioning market for dogs. Again, I know that's not funny. That's just quite that's just quite a funny. I think it's kind of. Uh, it's I, just uh, quite, it's just quite a funny sentence. It is quite a funny sentence. auctioning market for dogs. It sounds very like, I mean, it, uh, I, mean I, I, I resonate to the degree that <laughs> it sounds very much like the South London neighbourhood I, 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 I have lived in for most of my life. It's what, it uh, sounds and, like one uh, of those things that if you dig into it, it's probably quite grim. But yeah. what, what, I'm, what I'm having trouble understanding, I suppose, is that if, is that if it was just a case of a, this kind of this fraudulent GoFundMe, which, 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 which. By the way, there are lots of fraudulent GoFundMe's. That's not a, that's not a kind of startling thing. Like it's, it's bad, but it's not like it's not in, it's not kind of completely sort of off the peg. If it was just a case of this charity starting this GoFundMe on behalf of this guy's dog, I don't really see what the what the improved situation is for for the guy compared to just setting up his own GoFundMe. Do you, do you see what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, if you have only, to get I mean, the only, charity yeah. to do a GoFundMe for you, then why not just do the GoFundMe? I, I thought the point of contacting the charity about this sort of thing is that they then give you they give you their money as the as the charity. There's like a kind of a grant or something. Mm. Like is that or, or or is that like a kind of is that like a kind of regular thing in America that like that like charities start GoFundMe's on behalf of people because. They don't have any, like they don't have any, like their own money, but they can use their, they can use their public profile to draw attention to the GoFundMe. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> uh, someone, one of our American listeners are going to have to, uh, is going to have to like explain whether this is a normal thing or not. It doesn't seem normal to me. Um, now, look, I, I, I want to go through like some of just the, I, like some of the sort of lies that kind of made the headlines just to kind of show the extent to it because this isn't just like him doing financial like a lot of the lies he's do doing there is a financial fraud element to it but some of it kind of does this fall into like weird fabulous behavior and 
um the ones that like kind of came to my attention so it's like so he faked that um he faked that his uh that his mother died on 911 mhm yeah no no i um, knew this yeah uh he he wrote in 2021 that on twitter that september 11th claimed his mother's life uh and then on december 23rd 2021 he said that it was the fifth anniversary of his mother's passing um which was which was initially he initially got away with it because she did die on that on that date and so there was an obituary but there was no record of her dying in uh like or being killed in nine like in 9 11 isn't that a curb storyline isn't hmm? that a, a curb storyline where somebody says that they're that they're that, I, th- I mean, a I think it's like a story died on nine nine eleven. It turns I, I out that they I, died and that yeah. they died in like a car crash across the city. I think so. Like, I think this is a this is not an uncommon situation for people to sort of or like it has not been an uncommon situation for people to say that like they had family members who died during like on nine eleven or were in New York in nine eleven. Sort of at least imply that they had sort of either been like you know harmed or killed. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was a curb yeah, storyline. Like I wood, think it's it has, like the Woodstock yeah. of of terrorist attacks yeah. everyone says that they were there um but in the weeks after in the, in the weeks after santos's lies were made public two genealogists found documents showing that his mother was in brazil in september 20, uh, 2001 and that she applied for a visa to enter the u.s in 2003 um because but she had not entered the u.s since 1999 so did not die in 911 um but sorry who were, the, who, were about- these, who were these who were these investigators who found this out genealogists uh well apparently there was just two genealogists yeah who found documents showing that she was in brazil considering like the wrap of lies i do want to like clarify that there is no way we could do a whole episode just going through this list just going on, through the list on, of lies on, um you know uh, but i think like the extent to his lie the extent of his lying i it, it sort of warrants it in the in, like, to the degree of like how you know the the extent to which he has tried to sort of like invent himself oh yeah no no for sure like, con- no, I, like yeah. don't, don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not sort of saying yeah it's like fucking weird to lie about something like that but then again it's weird to it, it's weird to be looking for the documents as well so let's call it even it's more mm. just I'm interested in what process led them to to look at to looking for these documents and in what capacity as as genealogists was this was this taking place. Do you see what I mean? Like did like did someone like did someone like employ them? Is this like a contract? Oh, okay. So this is so I clicked on the hyperlink. So this is actually quite interesting. I clicked on the link and you have two genealogists. Oh no, you have one um so the guy who's posting this, uh he's he's the New York magazine writer. But the two genealogists, um, who are on Twitter, they ju- they were just doing it freelance. They were just they were just they were just genealogists. One of them genealogists focus on German Jewish, Czech Jewish, and uh, Southern Italian families. So they're like acad- like so they're just academics. Um, and I guess they've just found these documents and sent it to the writer. I see. Um, so it it feels I don't know whether they were employed by the writer or whether they were asked, but it feels like the impression that I get from this tweet from that the writers posted is very much like, oh no, these guys just found it on their own volition. Love of the game. Love of the game. A couple more things before we sort of go into what has happened to George Santos since uh, being revealed as a uh, liar in many reform- many, many ways and uh, no longer being a con- or no longer being a representative. Um, he uh, he, he uh, said that he had employees who died in the Pulse shooting. So in a radio interview in 2016, he said he had lost four employees in the Pulse nightclub shooting 
Um, but the Times, the New York Times found out that he'd lied. Uh, none of the 49 victims at the Orlando Club worked at any of the companies he had named in his biographies. Oh, I mean, that, that, that's um, he pretty also, bad. Yeah, and he also claimed that his niece got kidnapped. So in a long series of interviews with the New York Times in October 2023, Santos said that his five-year-old niece had once disappeared from a playground in Queens, New York, and was discovered on a surveillance camera 40 minutes with two Chinese men. Santos believed that the criticism of the Chinese government could have set his family up as a target. Um, now, the Times vested the story with the New York Police Department, and the police department said we found nothing to suggest that's true. I'd lean towards he made it up. Um, and then the final, final thing, just for this section, although I will say, not the last of his lies, um, but the one that I probably found the funniest, most people found funniest. Um, you know, he said uh, he 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 said I never claimed to be Jewish. Uh, I am Catholic, but because I learned that my my maternal family had uh, my my maternal family had Jewish background, I said I was quote Jewish. Um, and this came after revelations that he had lied about having uh, family members who were victims of the Holocaust. So that's yeah. not. I mean, that's I, not I, that I would funny, say, is it? No, but that's just bad. That's yeah, that, kind of yeah, that, bad. that 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 that's pretty much just bad. I am. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think I, I think I would, I think I withdraw my my earlier statements about him being cunty. I think he's capable yeah. of it. He's also capable of. Uh... Yeah, and this is the thing. There's like a mixture of stuff, which is I think just genuinely quite funny, and and mo and most of the funny stuff is really just him sort of scamming uh, donors or like it's like or like it's kind of just doing financial fraud and buying treats with it. Pa apart like, apart these aren't from the, sort of... the Amish dog breeder. Yes, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying I support any of it. But what I was like, a lot of the stuff is just him. Like a lot of the funny stuff is really just him buying treats of like whatever kind. Um. But then you also just have the stuff where it's like, oh no, you are like this is really you just being a piece of shit. like you are really just a piece of shit. Like, and there's not really any other way to get around it. Um, now, would you like to guess what George Santos is doing now that uh, he is no longer uh, part of uh, any government? Actually, he's a fully he's fully just an independent guy now. Um, is he running a workshop or a course? Close, okay. close. He is selling videos on Cameo. Um, God. So like. Uh, so he's now selling. He's 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 claiming himself to be a former congressional icon on the platform and is selling personalized messages recorded for him, recorded by him for two hundred dollars, which is one hundred and fifty nine pounds at the time of recording each. Um, and uh, yeah, he basically set it up on the day that he got kicked out of Congress. And he offers he offers uh, life advice. He offers beauty treatments. He offers gym routines. Um, and in one video, he says. Uh, Botox keeps you young, fillers keep you plump. I, I mean, that's <laughs> you can't you can't really argue with that as a in, tip. In, it, it's true. In another video, he says, "Don't let the haters get to you. Haters gonna hate, and if you have haters, that means you're doing something right, girl." Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's 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 just being he's just he's just having fun on cameo. Has his, has his has the has the stories about his drag persona ever been substantiated or got back to or got to the bottom of i don't know actually so i didn't bring this up because i wasn't like sure that sort of feels like there's quite a lot to it i think it was so he's denied that he's performed as a drag queen but there are photos to suggest that he has um but it seems I don't know whether that kind of classifies as being substantiated or not. I also kind of think it's like I don't know that feels like a little bit complicated. Um, and so I was sort of like, uh, yeah, I mean, like, but, know, but, this, but, this, but this is the thing. Like, it may, like it makes sense if you are a if you are a kind of jobbing Republican. It does make sense to you know maybe keep that to yourself. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's obviously 
like rank and repulsive hypocrisy, but we didn't necessarily expect much better of a Republican congressman. It's 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 sort of yeah. quite funny that like the one thing he's just like, no, 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 that's definitely a lie. I definitely wouldn't do that. I wouldn't even dream of that. <laughs> and then in like the sort of and then in the kind of the same breath, pretend that the Chinese yeah. government is trying to steal your steal young members of your family. That he's an, he's got he's got an he's just got an interesting brain. I think I think is the best yeah. word. See what I'm what I'm interested in is with this cameo thing. Is I I was under the impression that cameo was for. Uh, was for people to like record like custom messages, birthday things. Yeah. You can get them to you can get them to say stuff. I remember when there was remember when there's that thing uh, where people were like getting Nigel Farage to like call himself a call himself a I don't know call himself a fuckhead. Yeah, well, I, I, well, I remember one where they got him to sort of say like up, uh, you know, up up VRA. From what I I think I think that's what he said. And um, like. I, I just, I just, that doesn't feel like sticking it to him. No, really. well, because like Cameo's been, yeah, Cameo's been around for a while, and I think it had this reputation of like, here is a place where like basically celebrities who don't get much work anymore, um, you can get them to send like a custom message, and like it was originally marketed as like, oh, you know, if you're if you're one of your family relatives like had a band that like is no longer together, mm-hmm. um, one of those members could like you know sing them a song like as a personalized treat as like a gift or something. Um, and now over time, like, you know, more and, you know, a lot of celebrities who have sort of found themselves at like a lull point in their career. Um, I don't want to say like an end point, but like a lot, like a career lull, um, find that like cameo is like a way of, you know, making some kind of like basically passive income. Mm. Uh, and, you know, so you found, you know, you find like a lot of, you know, uh, former boy band members. Uh, I think Vanilla Ice was on uh ca- on cameo at some point. Um, I find it all like, very depressing, for- to be honest with you. Yeah, it is. It is actually a very. Whenever I watch cameos, I do feel just quite because, dip- like, if the, the impression I also get is that you know no one there is really enjoying themselves. It does sort of feel like a bit of a graveyard. It feels like, and it almost feels like an endpoint of um. It feels like an endpoint of like being an online celebrity like to go on cameo mm. is really just sort of this acknowledgement that like you're not really like nothing's really going yeah, for you're you ba- you're, um, you're, you're back, of, you're back yeah. on the open on the open mics if you're on cameo right it's sort of yeah, one of those things of. where like you do it twice mm. in your career once on the way up and once on the way down yeah i, um, I, I, I suppose to me the rewards of celebrity just don't seem quite like quite enough to just assume that when your when your star dims, that it just means kind of necessarily submitting yourself to submitting yourself to humiliation just for the rest of your life. I mean, don't, mm. like like actors who no longer no longer got work, like Hollywood actors who stopped getting work, like they used to they used to flip houses. That used to be a thing <laughs> that they that, 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 that they did. Like. I don't know. I just feel like if you're getting to a kind of cameo point, you'd be a maths teacher or something. Like I don't know. I don't know. It's just. It's just all. It's just all very depressing. And as far as the Farage thing goes, I. I am very. I am very dubious about the about the kind of the arch the arch liberal. Um, 
oh no 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 how you defeat these people is by making fun of them and it's like yeah okay, well it's, yeah it's a nice idea but historically it hasn't worked because you can be you can be very yeah. ridiculous and very embarrassing and also very dangerous the two don't two don't necessarily yeah. preclude the other and i just feel like i feel like anything which allows him to make himself look like a bit of a good sport uh, is mm. just laying the groundwork for him to be the next leader of the Tory party, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think that yeah, that's, I mean, my, that's, my, that's, my grim, that's my grim prediction. No, and, and, and I completely agree. And I think there's like a broader conversation to be had maybe on like another episode uh, where, because I'd love to like look into Cameo in more detail. But I think, I think also there's the idea of, I, I feel like people, the idea of sort of being embarrassed in public or like sort of embarrassing and shaming people in public doesn't, you know, there, there are lots of problems with it, but I feel like if you're even if you're sort of kind of if you're operating on the basis that the best way to sort of uh, defang someone is to sort of like publicly shame them and that the Internet is like a good tool in order to do this. I'm not I'm not sure I agree I, with that analysis. I think if anything, like the the examples that we sort of shown is that if you can be embarrassed and shamed online now, you know, that can actually work really well for mm. you, right? The fact that, like, George, like, or, like, on the day that George Santos is sort of kicked out of Congress, he sets up a Cameo account and starts sort of producing these videos that perhaps in another time would be considered to be, like, deeply embarrassing, if not, like, a concession of failure, is now sort of being considered to be, like, an alternate, if not potentially more lucrative political avenue. Like, one thing I completely forgot to mention was that, well, he's going on like a number of talk shows like in the next few weeks, like Zue's show being like the main one, right? Oh, interesting. Like he is going to carve himself out as being at least like an influencer adjacent type. And we sort of know that, you know, that is a viable, if not lucrative career path if he sort of plays it well. Um, and I and I do think that sort of applies across the board. And so in I completely agree with your like analysis of Farage um, and what likely will sort of you know the fact that it is unlikely that we will see the end of him or that he will be publicly humiliated to a sufficient degree that he just goes out of public life but i feel like that's less to do with him and much more to just you know much more to do with just the nature of celebrity and online culture mm. um as it exists today and yeah i i, I guess it, i keep just coming back to like i just don't think that you know public humiliation or like online humiliation is the effective strategy that many liberals would like to believe it is. Mm. Also, I think, like, I don't know, like I can see how it might be like quite fun, but mm. I, I, it, just, it doesn't seem like a, it doesn't seem like a particularly kind of valuable, uh, no. sort of valuable thing, a sort of thing to be doing and definitely not a valuable thing to be spending your money on. But what, but I, yeah, I think that Santos has been very smart and he's turning himself into uh, into a kind of a character capital C uh, which is what which is what you should which is what you should do it like it like makes perfect sense but it also sounds like he is using cameo in quite an unorthodox way because mm. this because because this sounds like what he's doing more is like a more sort of traditional subscription content model so it sounds like he's using cameo like it's his well, like it, like it's his Patreon, like it's his OnlyFans, and I'm curious as to why he's why he's doing that because it does sound yeah. like a kind of unusual use of it. Well, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I. This is like just a sort of developing thought on this, but I want. So I'm looking through Cameo right now, and like the main sort of creators, the sort of main like people on there, 
are people who like were parts of you know you know sitcoms in the 90s and the 2000s uh boy bands in the 90s uh the guy from scrub like the what's his name um the the sort of like misogynist surgeon in scrubs like he's he charges 56 pounds per cameo apparently I've never been a big scrubs head so i don't yeah really so know like scrubs mean. scrubs fans will know what i'm talking about because i <laughs> i, I the, can the, recognize the, the real face. heads the real heads will know real scrubs heads do you know what, the, um, do you know what this Prin- reminds do you know what yeah. this reminds me of it reminds me of you might be a bit too young to remember this but <laughs> once upon a time once upon a time when um when I think they carried on doing this, but um, it was a kind of big feature of the of the Mark Lamar era of Nevermind the Buzzcocks. This is real. This is this is real deep law. Uh, mm. British like British TV wise American listeners. Um, Nevermind the Buzzcocks is a comedy is a comedy music panel show, which do, does it still exist? I don't think I don't it think does. It, I don't think it's, it, 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 it. It it limped on. For a good long while, uh, but in the in in the late nineties, it was presented by this bloke called Mark Lamar, and there was this segment which was called the lineup, which is where they would get members of sort of one hit wonder or very much sort of no long no longer around bands, and they would put them together with some other people who looked a bit like them, and the the contestants would have to would have to guess like which one it was like you know who was mm. like who was like who was the drummer and you know whatever I can't think of I can't think of an mm. example and they'd and they'd go through the, and they'd go through the lineup and there'd be like a and there'd be like a kind of an like an amusing insulting description for each of them and then they'd have to kind of stand there while the celebrity contestants slag them off for not being famous yeah. anymore like that's that's fun <laughs> that's fundamentally what it came down to and i realized that it was time for me to stop watching never mind the buzzcocks when i started to recognize the people in the lineup so <laughs> like when because when i watched it when i was a teenager i was like oh this is people from like the, this is people from like the, like the 80s and early 90s i got no idea who this is and then i watched this one episode and it was like i think it was like it was like one of um i think it was one of a1 who were a oh, who wow, were short-lived yeah. boy band who did a I think pretty good who did like a kind of pretty good like kind of bubblegum pop cover of Take On Me that was their that was their famous that was their famous song <laughs> and I recognized him absolutely immediately having no idea that I even knew what he looked like and then I was like right now it's time it's time to stop watching this because this is this is no longer for me this is I have a, I have aged out of watch of watching this <laughs> of watching this show and I think it's like a kind of similar thing like that I can't bear to look at look on cameo because I I do not want to be visited with unwelcome knowledge about people who as far as I'm concerned are still famous yeah I don't want to see them on cameo well yeah and I think this is the point, like what I was trying to get get at, which was I think for a lot of the cameos that I've seen secondhand, um, they're sort of like continue it. Like the reason why they sort of exist, they you know they create stuff for people who were fans of these people, right? Um, you know, so there is uh there there is a cameo of Martin Cove who plays uh one of the senseis in the Karate Kid. I know that they've got like a new TV show right now, but like he charges one hundred and ninety-five pounds for a for um a cameo. But I imagine like the appeal of that is towards people who grew up watching The Karate Kid and were like you know that was their favorite film, and so like the idea of having this person back, it sort of like 
you know, it, it is, you know, this is this is nostalgia bait. Like fundamentally, like I think a lot of the appeal of Cameo is largely that it is nostalgia bait. You say that Freddie but- Prince Jr. was on there? Freddie See, Prince that's Jr. is the on sort there. of thing that I am trying to that I'm trying to avoid for my for my own for my yeah. own emotional well being. Yeah. And and so I think like these are sort of like they exist to sort of be reminders of like you know your youth or like the things that you liked or the things that like don't really exist anymore. But at least the actors are still there and like you know you can still have an attachment to them. The fact that George Santos is there is I think he represents like a different kind of cameo creator who obviously does not sort of reach into those nostalgic elements, but is more of like you know, we 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 spoke a very long time ago about like the death of the main character, mm-hmm. um, and I think you brought up a really interesting point about how instead of becoming the main character, you can f- instead of becoming the main character via other people, sort of propelling you into being that person, and you kind of like having to accept it regardless of whether you want to do it or not. In this instance, these are people who are like making themselves characters because it sort of is the only thing you can do, like at a point where you sort of have been publicly shamed like either sort of online or offline mm. um you know like what else can you really do in that instance like you know making yourself into a character making yourself into someone that people can kind of like participate in the humiliation rituals with is a is a is a survival mechanism and i think in his instance you know and, and this isn't just george santos i think there are lots of other people who have sort of found themselves in similar situations a lot of the time in politics but also in just popular culture where like you know they have sort of found themselves you know unable to sort of participate in the life that they kind of previously had for like whatever reason and so cameo sort of becomes and it it becomes the means by which you create yourself as a character that people can kind of project whatever they want onto like i don't know whether like becoming a meme is necessarily the right way of putting it but it is a very different type of interaction to those who kind of post themselves on cameo because they're not getting any more like tv or film work or in a lot of cases they are so trapped by the characters that they played that there is no real way to actually like escape from that you have no choice but to like play that character like for a small amount of money per person you know that the girl who plays the little girl in hereditary has said that um playing this role kind of basically like ruined her life like people like right. yell at her in the street and like run away from her and stuff. Yeah, which is like insane. But Jeez. it's like, but it's like, but it's like a, it's it's like it's like a, it's like a known, it's like a known thing. Like particularly with like, particularly with like kind of like long running, long running soaps. Like people like they report yeah. being, um, being assumed to 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 be to be their character. And I think that as as standum sort of becomes more and more legitimized as a way of as a way of interacting with well-known people and that's the kind of that's the conduit through which people are through Mm. which people are doing it i think there's i think there's sort of probably going to be more of that sort of thing it's 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 very it's very noticeable that being able to um that being able to kind of turn a scandal around and turn it into a lucrative potentially lucrative like i assume that Santos is not relying on his two hundred dollars a pop cameo content. Does seem to be not something which is available to to women in in who who have either done something, who have done something shocking, or have got caught up in a scandal. Like like even a kind of like even if you kind of read something say by uh, say either by or about uh, about Monica Lewinsky who mm. didn't really 
do, who didn't really do anything wrong and was tre- and was treated as yeah. this kind of as this kind of long running butt of the joke and kind of hate figure. And I know this was a long time ago, but it but like you still you still hear Monica Lewinsky jokes now. Yeah. Which is like first of all like maybe write some new material, maybe update your <laughs> maybe update your <laughs> slides a little bit if you're still making Monica Lewinsky jokes. But you'd think that there would be a kind of a kind of slot for I don't know, say the say the kind of the early the early aughts women who I suppose the I suppose the problem with that is that just quite a few just quite a few of them have since died, actually. That's that's mm. the issue. So like you're not gonna so you're not gonna see a kind of revival of of Jade Goody and Nikki Graham and so on because they're 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 not they're not here they're not here to see mm. it. Um the 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 only the only other one the only other one I can think of is um Jody is Jody Marsh who yeah. turn who sort of became a kind of I think she kind of went down a sort of content creator route but I think that she's I think she's gone down a certain route actually Jody Marsh or she or she had the last time I I sort of vaguely remember her being kind of anti-vax but I don't know. That could be so many people. So I'm not. I'm not entirely sure whether that was the route she went. No, it, down, it was but... just. There was this particular. And again, this is like. I suppose this is like quite a kind. This is quite a kind of British, British phenomenon, British and American phenomenon of there being, of there being these kind of women in the public eye in the kind of the early aughts who were just. Yeah. Who were just a kind of absolutely automatic good punchline, and they were ne- and they were never given this this kind of second life option of of. Uh, of kind of leaning into it and embrace and embracing it, uh, yeah. Um, Amy Winehouse is another is another one. Mm. Um, obviously, she was like, she was like famous for her singing as opposed to, as opposed to kind of famous for being on Big Brother, which I think is I think is a different thing. I think we're allowed to still say that that's a different thing. But I'm, I'm trying to get a handle on sort of what is sort of quite what I'm saying here. It's just it's it's very it's like it's sign it's significant who this route who this route is uh, is available to and open to and who it isn't you know yeah oh she's a bodybuilder now yeah yeah she was and that's why i was so because i I vaguely remember i vaguely remember something about like vaccines but i wasn't i never sort of like followed down i i I never sort of followed that down so i'm not sure whether i was correct or not No, she it's it would seem that she has retired from public life basically entirely and um runs uh, an animal sanctuary i mean good so, good for her fair, so fair enough right hang on yeah. i'm just looking at the controversies list before we before we close the <laughs> oh this does to me this does not count as this does not count as a controversy to me um in 2004 she sold a story to the news of the world claiming that she had had a that she'd had sex when she was a teenager with Frank Lampard, who was in the year above her at school. Um, Lampard said it wasn't true um, and filed a complaint with the, with the Press Complaints Commission, but the complaint was not upheld. So I, I that doesn't, to me, that doesn't count as a controversy. That counts as a that counts as a richer, more powerful person having somebody else shut up. Like that's what that sounds like yeah. to me. Um, yeah, no, fine. I've got, I've got no. Mm. I've got, I've got no. You know what? This is a. This is this is this is such a. This is such a tangent. Nothing to do with what we're talking about. I think cameo's grim. I think it's grim. I think everything about it is grim. It makes me. It makes me unhappy. I wish yeah. it didn't exist. 
I suppose like because one of the things I was thinking about regarding this was whether you felt that Cameo did offer or like services like Cameo did offer a chance to like rebrand or to sort of have a sort of second life post. Because I think, I don't know, like what, what to, to sort of think about celebrity and to sort of think about a certain kind of celebrity for whom the heights of their fame kind of, you know, they don't really have any autonomy over like how they are presented or how they are kind of seen, if anything. Yeah. You know, they are kind of at the whims of a much more established and much more powerful um, system of like press and PR. And so I wonder whether for a lot of these celebrities who kind of come out of that cycle, but find that the new nature of celebrity um, is not one that they can really just seamlessly adapt. Mm. Um, And so I wonder whether for them, like Cameo offers basically the last avenue of which they can kind of use the celebrity that they have and that they earned in, in a lot of cases went through probably like quite a lot of shit to like maintain mm. like whether cameo is really one of the only places where they can do that or because I, I i don't know i don't may, maybe to some degree like you sort of see it as like here is sort of the graveyard of celebrities like the place you go to where there's like nothing else and i think that's true but i wonder whether that's only true because like for those types of celebrities in the 90s and the, and the aughts like this is really the only semblance they have or they have gotten for a while that allows them to have some degree of autonomy and independence yeah i mean but it but it, it isn't autonomy and independence oh, yeah, of course. Is it? i guess like the sort of feeling that it is relative to it's, what it's they beg- might be it's, used it's to it's begging for pennies isn't it like it's sort of yeah but i mean it's it's if you're throwing yourself on on the mercy of what I would describe as a kind of sadistic nostalgia, because you're not, because people don't particularly kind of celebrities like kind of ninety sort of boy band uh, boy band members and you know people who used to be on sitcoms or whatever they're not they're not doing it because of a you're not kind of buying cameos of these people for a kind because you have these kind of sort of warm feelings of them. It's because it's a kind of it's it fit, it seems to me like a kind of like a kind of grim make them dance. They were fa- they were mm. they were famous once. That that for, that that means they're not a person. They don't have feelings. And you know, I want to make them. I want to make them dance. I'm going to give them. A, I'm going to sure. give them an insultingly small amount of money, and uh, they're going to dance. And it's not so different from like quite a lot of people's relationships with um people who people who make stuff kind of sort of full stop and there's definitely a kind of sense of sort of wanting to see people kind of brought down a peg or two and being reduced to being reduced to doing cameo like no one likes sort of saying oh yeah so my career is going really really well things things you know if things really continue on this trajectory cameo next it's it everyone everyone knows what it means if you've if you yeah. if you fetched up on if you fetched up on cameo and i suppose that i suppose it's also the case that anything which involves um involves a platform involves being mediated by a platform while there are no socialized networks owned by owned by the users you can't pretend that it's that it's a kind of that it offers any kind of any kind of independence more than more than the kind yeah, of the, exactly. the illusory right. and i suppose that it only makes sense as an argument if you accept that the only thing that has any kind of value uh, whether to an individual person or whether to the society and the culture at large is people being is people being famous 
because there are mm. there are lots of other things that you can do that you, that are available for you to do particularly if um like particularly if you are not like financially like really really on the skids because if you're really really mm. on the skids then cameo is not going to help you anyway because yeah. it's just not because it's just not enough um yeah but like assuming that this is a kind of this is a kind of collection tin kind of pocket money situation for most for mm. most of the people that are on it like you you could do something else you don't have to be famous sure i mean i mean like i i agree with you i might my thinking going back to this was to a degree, and I think you touched on this as well, like to a degree, you know, if you are a celebrity of any form, like the pressure to sort of be on a platform in most cases means that to a degree, like you're going to dance regardless, right? Mm. Um, If you're like a young actor or you're a young musician, then there is like an incredible amount of pressure for you to also be, you know, relatable on, you know, TikTok and stuff. Uh, But there is like, you know, there has sort of been more pressure on kind of, you know, both by PR companies, but I think just also kind of general culture of celebrities being somewhat or like at least projecting to be somewhat active on social media. And again, it's very much like, yes, you have a choice, like this isn't something that you are forced to do in theory, but it's kind of there. And I wonder and I do wonder whether in Cameo, the what you what you've got is something similar, but you've got it with a group of people for whom like so much of their lives were defined by a particular era of celebrity. And I think, again, you touched on this a little bit earlier on, like whether that cycle of celebrity that the older celebrities have is one that is a lot more difficult to break out of. And it's not to say this impossible. Well, again, like you can't make choices. You can make choices to just like not do that. But I feel like if you are or you, if you feel like you are so defined by being a particular kind of person. And I, I think, as you mentioned, like for some people, you know, like Freddie Prince Jr., for example, um, where they will always be like a certain type of celebrity to people, regardless of how much time has passed or what they are doing now or what they're interested in right now. I think that cycle is like just difficult to break out of, and I wonder whether Cameo Ben. And, and again, this is not like this. I'm not saying that it offers like a form of emancipation, but it's more. It's almost this way of kind of, you know, saying that no, yeah, you are still a celebrity. You are. You can still do. You know, you can still have this status, but that then is sort of like made more jarring when you find out that like oh you know you were once like uh, you know you were once like on one of the biggest sitcoms on the disney channel and now you are selling like personalized videos to people where they get you to sort of you know say slurs of some kind for like 50 pounds a pop mm. yeah no no i don't know i know like, i like I, I, I do know what you mean it's just which might be better than doing it for free like on tiktok of some <sighs> yeah, form but it's still i, I don't know that's, like that's that's true i mean because uh, we talked about this a little bit with um, uh, with Shante last year when we were talking about mm. um, when we were talking about Jason Derulo on TikTok, and I, I, I suppose that what it sort of like comes down to is this sort of ironic detachment and um, yeah, making making someone dance it only really works if everyone is is sort of as in on the joke. Like mm. I always, I always wondered this when, like, when, when, like, when I was a student, and there was like always, like, there were always sort of people who had become kind of student icons through f- sort of fundamentally a kind of eldritch alchemical process that just, like, just all of a sudden everyone decided that they were like bang into like David Dickinson or whatever, mm-hmm. and you always wondered whether the people involved realized that this was a kind of this was an ironic fandom and not a sincere one and 
it always just made me think of conventions for no longer existing TV shows where these like mm. these like sort of actors are kind of wheeled out and some of them still really like meeting the fans and they find it really engaging and some of them just find it a kind of kind of exercise in humiliation. Mm. I don't know. I am interested to see see what George Santos does as a as a, as a yeah. content creator. And I also really like the idea that's only just occurred to me that maybe the reason that he is using Cameo in this slightly peculiar and unorthodox way is that he doesn't realise that there are other platforms that you can make co- content on. This is just the only one he knows about. <laughs> that's going to be, like, be, that's gonna be one of the things that yeah. like shows up on, on closer inspection of his accounts, just thousands and thousands of dollars of donor money Going on, going, going on, into, like going, going on cameo. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited to find out his. I'm I'm excited to find out future dog related or pet related scams and how that will like fuel his cameo empire. Yeah. I'm excited. He might be like one of the first sort of you know some sometimes platforms like embrace original content creators. Um, and I wonder whether he might be one of cameo's first like original content yeah creators. like he I'm, might be the iconoclast he might be the one who is breaking the mold of what cameo can do and ca- cameo can be exactly i yeah. think that's he's pushing the form. <laughs> he is he's pushing the form he's experimental he's an artist that's right we so so i'm excited classic to see what george santos is doing. classic type um, c place it i <laughs> think this is a good way to end uh so yeah probably a good way to end the show i do want to say i do want to apologize i did say that we'd have three things to talk about on this episode and we did only talk about one thing so those other things will come up in future episodes. I promise you that. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this one conversation about George Santos, the first uh, potential cameo original creator, um, and uh, our excitement and our support of him. Uh, good luck, George, if you're listening to this. Uh, thank you for so much for listening to this episode of 10,000 Posts. We really appreciate it. If you like this conversation and you also like the subjects that we talk about, uh, would you consider subscribing to our Patreon? It's five bucks a month. It helps us to run this show, helps us to run it without ads and to stay editorially independent. We also do, you know, we also like talk about, you know, films. We talk about, uh, you know, books and articles. We uh, have a lot of really interesting conversations with like experts and people who just know quite a lot about internet culture and digital culture. Check, we, we have so many episodes on there. So, so do check them out if you are interested in all of that. Um, before we get into our personal plugs, I do want to also want to say that we have links to um, aid organizations working in Gaza at the moment. Uh, do consider just donating and supporting them if you don't already or if you just want a reminder of that. Um, I don't have any personal plugs. Phoebe, you've got some stuff? Uh, no, not really. The, 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 usual, the, usual okay, well, stu- the usual stuff the usual stuff will be on yeah, the links. Phoebe stuff. Uh, we are now, we yeah. are now on Cameo. So if you want either of us to say happy birthday to your aunt, um, only your aunt. Only, only your aunt. <laughs> only if your you aunt. want, if you want to see my um, my rendition of the full eleven minutes of um, Venice Bitch, that costs fifteen hundred pounds. Um, <laughs> if you want to see uh, Hussein's impression of Godzilla, uh, that's uh, two thousand um, pounds. But so yeah, check, so I so was willing do, to go last, but two thousand, two thousand. Well, we're in the festive fine. season now, so do so do check that out for a really unique yeah. present. But only yeah, but only for your aunt. So you do need to prove that we are doing this for yeah, your aunt. We will, I'm not, I'm not yeah, doing it for anyone yeah, else. Yeah, we need to see some documentation for your aunt before. Like, if you have to get in a freelance genealogist to do that, yeah, then that's that's yeah, your get, that's get, your problem, mate. But we need it. Get, it has that, to be an aunt. 
That's right. That's right. Get your genealogist on the case. Uh, this show is produced by Devon. Follow them at Devon underscore on Earth. Listen to Kill James Bond if you don't already. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Bye-bye.